goal chance for Conor McGrath. Surely give it in, Conor. What a goal! Mackie heading it towards the 21 meter line. Key Mackie chance. still going. Go on, your boy. Goal is up for Cats. Oh, what a goal! I can't think of a better position or a better place to be in right now, anywhere in the world. It's time to take Sam to throne. If you look back in sporting history, you'll see that the whingers and the whiners are forgotten. The characters remembered briefly. But will stick in your mind that the champions who showed class. I want nothing to do with that, to be quite honest. You know, I think it's a disgrace. It's a small change before the game, worth the street. Yes, you're very welcome. It is the Off the Ball GA podcast. It is All Ireland Football Final Week. All of our GA on News Talk with thanks to Borgosh Energy, proud sponsors of the All Ireland Under 21 Hurling Championship. For more, follow hashtag Hurling to the Core. Shane Stapleton with us as always. Hello, sir. How are you, Dave? You well? Are you pumped? I actually, how how pumped are you in comparison to the the Thursday of All Ireland hurling final week? Not far off it because Mayo, really, like you don't need to pander to us heathens uh, that enjoy the large ball. I enjoy the large ball. Jeez, I played it for fifteen years as a young lad. I, I like the uh, large ball too. But like all these Mayo games recently, when you go to Croke Park, you wake up absolutely buzzing to watch them because you have absolutely no idea what's going to happen except their hearts are going to be on show, which is brilliant to watch. And you're going to see the same against Dublin, I'd imagine. So. I can't wait for it. You? Well, I, it's any All-Ireland final, even if it's not Dublin that are involved, I just can't wait for it. Um, I think it's, what is it, my fourth All-Ireland final commentary and they just I just look forward to each one more so than I did the previous year. The one thing I'm delighted about the way the Championship has gone is that we have clearly, by distance, the two best teams oh, in the country. Like Mayo, at one stage it just looked like we were lo- waiting for them to be put out of their misery by a Division 2 team possibly mm-hmm. because they were going that badly. But I think they've shown over the two games with Kerry that there, there's a golfing class between Mayo and Kerry right yeah. now and these by a, by a mile are the best two and they've made their way to the final and uh, it may not have been that way had both gone through the front door. So I think it's pretty class that we're going to see them meet up again, especially what's after ha- happened in 2015 and 2016 where they've played four times then throw in 2012 and 13 again. Mm-hmm. You've got six games over a uh, six-season period. We're going to get into all of that as well. We're going to be speaking to uh, two St. Vincent's men, one Mayo man and End of Ireland, and then Mossy Quinn as well, just to get their thoughts on how the week has gone for them, what they're expecting on Sunday. But uh, we're going to hear from Keno Sullivan as well, who's been chatting to Oshie Langan. Little bits of news for the week. A couple of managerial appointments. Rory Gallagher, who we thought might be taking a break from Intercounty football, mm. is now rocked up in his native Fermanagh. Davy Fitz sort of stuff where he goes from team to team but uh, yeah it's probably great news for Fermanagh who've done well under Pete McGrath and obviously they weren't uh, happy to keep him on so And you can only imagine given the circumstances surrounding the exit of Pete McGrath that this is an appointment that has been roundly well received by the players mm, Yeah for sure uh, John Evans got in with Wicklow uh, he's Yeah I th- that's an odd one for me it's some trick if he's going all the way from Kerry over to Wicklow I assume is, uh, he's staying up whenever he now I think John's retired so he's got yeah. he's got plenty of time and he's proven what he can do particularly with some of the younger players in Tipperary and with Ross Common but yeah. um, worst thing his championship did, records was, ne- was never great with either yeah. of those counties the worst thing he ever did with Ross Common was after that was the league final in 2015 when they um, they played down he talked about this Ross Common team being all Ireland challengers in a couple of years no, they've obviously come and on that to That was just thrown at him every No, no I was there. I was there and uh, he was just going on about, well, one journalist said, how far can this team go? And uh, he just said, all the way. And then he expanded on it when we were like, you mean all Irelands? And he was like, why not? And uh, he started... No, but I mean, in the aftermath, in the weeks and months afterwards, particularly when the championship started mm. to go badly for them, that line was thrown at him. Yeah, it was. It was probably like, 
it was refreshing to hear him say it, but uh, yeah, it probably wasn't the right thing to be saying, especially with a county that doesn't have a recent tradition of challenging for All-Irelands. Well, he did get them up to Division 1. They stayed there in their first season. Obviously, they've gone down now in 2017, but in a little way, he went some way towards Mm -hmm. helping the horse, the Connacht title that they won this year under Max Day and uh, Liam McHale. Um, You've mentioned, mentioned, John, we've mentioned um, Rory Gallagher. Malik O'Rourke as well. Yeah, sixth season. They, like it seems to be going well up there I thought he would be gone did you? not that they would want to get rid oh, of him okay, I just thought okay. Maliki might have decided mm. maybe I've taken this team as far as it can go but he clearly sees that there's more in it he wouldn't be there otherwise yeah maybe like I think at this stage you have to recalibrate your expectations and think it's got to be an Ulster title we'll aim for next year because the chances of them overcoming that gulf with Dublin after how badly they were beaten do you see a possibility of them Anytime soon, beating Dublin. I don't see them ever winning in All Ireland. Yeah, which, um, which is a shame. If it was in a different era, but then again, in different eras, I suppose the likes of Kerry were dominating. So I think what Monaghan are doing right now, what they have done since they won the Ulster title in 2013, is far beyond where they should be. Yeah. I think they've overachieved pretty much every season, bar last season when those two games with Donegal just took so much out of them, and ultimately they just they fell very flat at home to Longford in the qualifiers. But every other four Ulster finals in a row at one stage, two titles picked up. They haven't managed to win a quarterfinal in Croke Park, which I think is probably the thing that will annoy mm. them the most. Now, two of the four quarterfinals have been against Dublin, so that's fair enough. But they really were poor in 2013 they and 15 were, yeah. against Tyrone. They were the two days that they probably regret the most since Malachi O'Rourke took mm. charge. But at least they, in that time as well, they've as well as what it was twenty over 20 years, gone from 88 to 2013 for them to win the yeah. Agnes They have got rid of an 80-year hoodoo in Croke Park as well by beating Kildare and they beat our down there this year. So they've made massive sets. progress, but I don't see them being a top four team. Mm, yeah. Stephen Wallace is after taking over at Offaly. So yeah, like that's is there a more well, difficult Sorry, job? he's after being recommended to take over. So he's, as we like to say in the journalism world, he's set to take over. Yeah. You know, that'll do for a back page headline. But he's an All-Ireland Junior Football Championship winner with Kerry. He's been with IT Tralee, and uh, apparently the players are happy, with, and especially with the style of football he'll play. You're not really going to get A-list managers going for a job like Offaly at the moment. So if the players are happy enough, that's a good start anyway. Yeah, well, look, you'd love to see Offaly make a little bit of progress. They are at least uh, starting in 2018 in Division 3, aren't mm. they, having got up this year. So there is a bit for them to drop it. When you think of what John Evans is doing at Wicklow, well, at least you know he's starting with rock bottom for Wicklow. Yeah. They haven't won a championship match this year. They haven't managed to get out of Division 4 for quite some time. Long before Mikko was there, they haven't even managed to get out of the... Bottom tier. Um, before we get into the All Ireland final and uh, chat to Keen O'Sullivan, O'Shane's been speaking to him on the Dublin All Ireland final press day. I guess, given that you're here, we can't let an entire podcast go by without mentioning hurling. This is your only opportunity over the next yeah. half an hour or so. Well, there's, so you there's are at the two All-Ireland. hurling matches to talk about, and both of them ended poorly for Kilkenny because uh, the Camogie final and the 21 final. Yeah, Julia White with a last minute winner for Cork to, uh, to regain the All Ireland title after losing a few national finals to Kilkenny. And uh, in Thurless then on Saturday, Limerick beat Kilkenny. And um, yeah, it was an absolute beatdown for Kilkenny. They were never in it. No, they had four points scored after 43 or 44 minutes. And what really occurred to me is how slight the team was physically. Like they were blown out of it by Limerick at the time. And uh, I was looking through the different forwards that lined out for Kilkenny on the day. And for them between the lads who started and a guy who came on the first half, I don't think it's fair to name the young lads, but Fordham had featured for Kilkenny during the League or Championship at some stage this year. And this is a forward line that was blown out of it physically by an under-21 defence. And I just thought, 
Cody, he is going to struggle to turn these guys. Now, he might still be competitive next year because he's TJ Reid, Fenley, Walter Walsh, Richie Hogan. But it's going to take a couple of years to bring these boys up to the next level. It's not quite a Kilkenny mm. renaissance just yet. I got hammered on Twitter for saying that I thought Eddie Brennan had done quite well just to get these guys to an All-Ireland final because three years ago they had won the minor. But Dara Joyce was the captain back then. He's gone. Not too many of these players have gone on to establish themselves as senior players. Whereas with uh, Limerick, you know, Peter Casey is there, Kyle Hayes, who played centre-back and had been in the forward line for the seniors this year. Kyle, Kyle Hayes was glorious at centre-back. He just stepping out with the ball, really. And Keane Lynch went off, I think, with about 20 minutes, maybe 15 minutes to go. And Limerick had a bit of a mini-wobble. But, you know, they just kind of stabilised and our, um, Galan got five points from play seven overall as well. Definitely, without question, better team won. So what does it mean for Limerick to All-Ireland at under-21 level in three years? If anything, what does it mean? It, it means Kilkenny or Limerick, as ever, are building a team for the future. It just feels like we've been saying that for 20 <laughs> years. Perpetual state of rebuilding. And it's about time they kind of... Built are they kind of make well? They haven't progressed from winning a Munster title and getting to an All Ireland mm. semi final when they were beaten by Clare, and then coming through the following year getting to an All Ireland semi final yeah. should have beaten Kilkenny in the rain, and it's been going. They've been going backwards since. Yeah, and I couldn't believe it this year when John Kiley, after they lost to Kilkenny in the qualifiers, he was he was talking as if his team had been so close and had given an exhibition of a performance, like they were they were poor, they were brutal at times. They I remember three times during the game. Limerick lads under no massive pressure pulled on the ball. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You don't pull on the ball. I mean, that's that's old school lifted, stuff now. Lifted lads. Yeah, possession is, well, it's all of the law, really. Okay, that's the end of the hurling mm-hmm. for a year. Yeah. It's been enjoyable. We're going to talk the all, stuff now. And, uh, <laughs> we'll talk the All-Ireland Football Final with uh, Enda Varley and Mossy Quinn in a moment. But first, Oshin Langer tipped along to the Dublin Press Day and there he chatted to Keen O'Sullivan. Keen O'Sullivan, it's a very exciting time to be a footballer in the build-up to the All-Ireland. Are you kind of jealous of the hurling guys as we speak? There's two days to go to that, whereas you have a long wait. Would you rather just get there and get it done? Yeah, it certainly gets to that point. Um, I think maybe in a week's time we'll be feeling that way because the week after the semi-final, you're kind of just trying to come down after uh, the kind of epic win of winning a semi-final. It's a great feeling. And there's all that administrative stuff that goes around with going into an All-Ireland final, trying to get all that stuff away. And then it's the second week you get down to the to the business end of it, and um, you know then you start getting the butterflies in the belly and and, and really uh, looking forward to the day. It's a nice feeling, and one you're familiar with, I'm sure, building up to an All Ireland because there there are nerves as you said. But is it a good thing to drive around the city and to see the colours and to see the signs and to see people getting behind the team? Yeah, it is, and it isn't probably at the stage I am at and my career at this stage. Um, I think I'll probably cope with those external kind of things a little bit better uh, in my earlier years um, kind of seeing all that stuff and letting it get into you could possibly distract you a little bit as Tommy Walsh would say you wouldn't want to listen to too much of it because it could make you soft <laughs> exactly yeah exactly so stick it, steering the head out of the, the, the newspapers and all like it's very obvious that we have a great fan base here in Dublin and there's no escaping that and you wouldn't want to escape that as well because it does um it does show you how, how, how lucky you are and how privileged you are and it's a very humbling thing to, to acknowledge that and to see it and to feel it. So it has positives in that respect. There is a fine line between getting that out of it and it becoming a distraction and um, it's just knowing that and trying to avoid the distractions. Yeah. Now, you've played a lot at centre-back and a lot at full-back. I even see you occasionally drifting around midfield. 
how does it work to the modern player? How do you kind of anchor yourself in a position or how do you decide on the pitch where you are? How is it decided on the pitch? Because it's kind of, it, it's a different position per game, per moment in games. It, it changes all the time, doesn't it? Yeah, and, and you wouldn't put it down to anyone. It's not just my position. There's a number of lads out there at the moment and not even just with Dublin across a lot of teams. The game has evolved so much and it's, it's always been a chaotic game, but positions have evolved a lot now and it just because you're playing corner four doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be in that box 15 for the whole game you could find yourself anywhere in, in, in the park so I think it's kind of the natural evolution of tactics and, 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 and the way the game um, the game is playing, being played nowadays um, and it's not it's it's being comfortable not getting too tied down to a system because you know it is a quite chaotic game uh, we don't have many set players like we do in, in rugby or uh, you know scrums and, and, and line outs and stuff like that you, you can only plan for so much in Gaelic football so uh, acknowledging that and knowing that um, being able to play within the chaos is, is, is important and being adaptable in that respect as well so I would guess that's where the, the, the flexibility and the, where you find yourself being in different paces of the pitch comes into it That's a very apt word the chaos so is there a point in the game where I won't say you're a little bit lost, but you have to make a decision. Okay, I'm going to six now, or I'm going to three, or I'm following my man. How does it work? Yeah, like, like being a defender, you're always trying to read the danger. So, so what's 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 the danger here? They're going to kick a long ball in, or these guys running down the pitch and trying to run down through 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 our centre channel. And you know, if it's that, you you're you're running out and you're trying to put a press on the man. If if they're trying to kick a long ball in, and maybe they have a target man in there and one of our guys is marking them, well then you're saying to yourself, okay, well I need to get a little bit tighter to my, my full back here. There might be a breaking ball that I need to sweep up under. Um, so it's reading the game, how, how, how the game is, the ball is being transitioned and, and, and trying to predict, I guess, um, what kind of transition they're going to play. Are they going to run it through the hand or are they going to kick it here? And also at times you kind of find yourself in a quarterback role against Tyrone. I noticed that you were up the field a lot the way they played they totally dropped off and you were actually kind of the starting point for attacks in their 65 you were passing the ball left and right and you had to be patient but always with the kind of a goal in mind yeah and I guess that's <coughs> the, the, the chaos like you just don't know you can't plan you don't know how another team's going to set up against you you can look at them and have uh, your best estimates or your best guesses as how they're going to set up and what their strategy is going to be but the reality is you're never going to know um, so it's being comfortable with the unknown and controlling what you can control which is how you go out to play how you got set up um, and adapting your game as you as you see fit Sean Cavanagh said after the semi-final that this was the best bunch of footballers he ever played against it's the greatest Dublin team of all time do you feel like you're part of something special, something great? No matter what happens in this final, you have achieved great things and nothing can take that away. Obviously, you want to achieve more and that's the nature of, I suppose, this bunch of players. But how does it feel to be part of this group as it's happening? Perfectly honest, I wouldn't get that feeling at all. Uh, I don't know, maybe when I stop playing in a number of years' time, it might be something that I reflect on. But knowing from the past experiences to how, how short-lived success can be and you can be top of the mountain one day and the bottom of it very, very quick uh, and you fall easy. Um, we have we have a special group of players, I know that. Uh, I know the enjoyment I get from being around this team and the satisfaction of, of winning these big games. Um, but certainly not taking anything for granted or, or, or thinking that uh, we're anything that we we're not because um, you know the reality is we only won a semi-final we haven't won anything yet and yeah. um, 
that's kind of that's that's the present we need to live in. How careful do you have to be as a defender out there? Because sometimes it's down to interpretation as to whether it's a yellow, black. So is that on your mind when you're going in to make a tackle? To because it's a split second thing, isn't it? Very often you won't have the chance to actually think. I, I say when you're thinking about making the tackling take sorry I say when you think about making the tackle but sometimes you, you just don't have that time do you we have plenty of time to think in the stands you don't have that t- time on the pitch yeah and it, it's always a lot easier when things are played back in slow motion yeah. and there's what you should have done yeah, yeah exactly um, no but it is difficult and the, 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 the GAA tackle you know it's, it's, it's been subject to a lot of debate over the last number of years and it's um, there's been a lot of commentary around it and the black card and everything and you know there's no really defined tackle there um, and I guess it's through experience that you, you really know the do's and the don'ts um, but again I don't envy any referee going out there and trying to enforce the rules as they stand because you know you know what a black card is but you can see in the you game, know what the definition is the but definition. sometimes it's it's funny out there exactly. it just yeah. It, yeah strange things happen and it's very hard to make a call on them and uh, I don't I don't envy, envy the, the, the referees in that respect at all um, you know they are trying to do their best they're not going out to try and make a wrong decision and I think everyone can acknowledge that and trust that but then they do come in for a lot of flack over decisions over black cards and stuff like that so um, is the worst thing as a defender or as someone making a tackle because I suppose at one stage of a game you're an attacker at another stage you're a defender is the worst thing to not make your mind up to not go for it 100% and to get kind of caught in two minds yeah you can't you can't you can't make a decision not to tackle a man because you're afraid you're going to get a yellow card or a black card Um, I think everyone at this level is aware of what a legal and illegal tackle is. So um, I think it's down to the individual to make to make that decision then, and um, you know the refs have the unfortunate job of trying to yeah. to rule over it. Keen, the best of luck in the final. Thanks for talking. Thanks very much. Okay, that's uh, Keen O'Sullivan with Kilmacud Croaks. He'll be starting at centre half back for Dublin on Sunday, no doubt. He'll be picking him up if anybody remains the question. That was him in conversation with there with Oshin Lang. And all of our GA on News Talk with thanks to Borgosh Energy, proud sponsors of the All Ireland Under 21 Hurling Championship. For more, follow the hashtag Hurling to the Core. We're going to be chatting to Mossy and Enda next. <laughs> Okay, we said we do things a little bit differently, so we've got two club mates, but uh, two guys who face each other on the field in their inter-county colours a couple of times as well, Mossy Quinn and Enda Varley of St. Vincent's. Lads, how are you? Thanks, William, for taking the call. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave. Cheers. And what's it like being a Mayo man in Dublin this week, playing with a bunch of Dublin footballers week in, week out? Um, geez, I'm well used to now at this stage. Uh, last year would have been the first time, so um, at, look, it's all, all, all a bit of banter, so I'm looking forward to the game Sunday. Mossy, the uh, clamour for tickets around Dublin has been pretty extreme. I'd imagine it's the same in in, in Mayo. What's it like you guys have, have playing with such high-profile clubs, having spent so much time playing for the counties? Everyone probably thinks you've got tickets bulging out of your wallet. <laughs> yeah, there's probably a bit of a perception like that, Dave. But look, it's, it's, it is, and to be honest, this year seems to be worse than ever, you know. I think that... Um, like the, it's always a scramble earlier on in the week, particularly more. So I think as it gets to the weekend, a few might start to loosen up, and, and particularly in GA clubs, the clubs usually get a, in Dublin anyway. They usually get another allocation midweek this week. So um, you'd like to think, hopefully, everyone who everyone who is looking looking, obviously not everyone's going to get a ticket, but you'd like to think the vast majority who 
going to deserve to be in there, going to get into the, into the, into the stadium on Sunday. And from a Mayo point of view, and nobody in the county wants to be the person that wasn't there on the day that they actually get the job done. If that is this Sunday, it would just be something that people would never forgive themselves for. Yeah, well, look, as Mossy said there, it's the same in every um, in both counties. That, like Dublin, the Mayo supporters are pretty pretty fanatical, so, um, you know, the scramble for tickets is pretty intense down in Mayo as well, so... Um, I think they're getting more of an allocation for Friday. I think the clubs are getting a second allocation for Friday or they're tidying things up. So hopefully everyone who, 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 who's been a loyal supporter over the past few years will, will get one. And Enda, have you been wearing the Mayo jersey to training with Vincent's recently? Nah, a couple of training tops now. But... He had one on the Tuesday, Tommy. He had a, tra- I mean, he had a Mayo training top out on Tuesday there. <laughs> and I hope the boys responded. Because you, you, pl- you played in 2012 when... Uh, yeah. When you beat Dublin, who were the All Ireland champions at the time, like do you yeah. remember? Do you remember that game and and coming into it? What was like the expectation? Uh, well, for all, the expectation coming into twelve now was was uh, again everyone expected Dublin to win. They were All Ireland champions at the time. Um, it was probably uh, low enough. Uh, like we did well to get to semi final. This no one expected else in twelve to get to the final. So uh, we were coming kind of under the coming in under the radar. So. Um, yeah, we, we performed well that day. So um, yeah, we uh, we got in. Yeah, it was the first kind of James's second year, so it was it, he started to build something from there, and um, twelve was kind of the start of that. When you look at the two teams, Mossy, and as we kind of get stuck into where we think this game might be won and lost on Sunday, which of the two have improved the most as an overall squad and team? in comparison to the finals last year when they met and Dublin won after a replay. So in the 12 months, who's improved the most? Probably marginal. I would argue Dublin purely on the basis that they've kind of, uh, there's a couple of newer faces in and it's been pretty seamless. And I think the job Jim Gavin has done is, has, been, has been really, really top class in terms of you see Conor Callahan in, Jack McCaffrey's back in the squad. I think you add Jack McCaffrey to a team, I think you automatically get better. Jack wasn't there last year, so... With the addition of Jack Conn, Paul Mannion's probably in better form, and you can obviously make the same case for Mayo. You've got Andy Moore and has continued. He's good form last year. He's, he's gone on again. Jason Doherty's probably in the, the form of his career, and Colin Boyle and a couple of other guys like that. But I just think probably Dublin slightly for me, just the, like that. Jack in particular probably just tips it in their favour. And then the Mayo team is largely the same team, really, isn't it? There's Unlike Dublin, yeah. where they've got a couple of new yeah. faces that are freshening things up and certainly lower the age profile, it's just the same Mayo 16, 17 players, uh, a little older, but but seemingly playing just as well, if not better. Yeah, no. Well, I suppose you've got Jim O'Connor uh, from the last few years. He's come in since probably since about 15. Uh, Stephen Cohn has come in. Um, Paddy Durkin has come in. Like There has been a few coming in. Connor Loft is another guy that came, that came in. Only so one of those is a starter, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Dave's not letting you wiggle there. <laughs> no, he's not, is he? <laughs> uh, no, there is. But look, it's, it's very hard to shift them. The, the, the guys that are there in the first fifteen, like they're look at they're, they're top top guys in terms of their their level of performance has continued over the last few years. So when a when a new guy is coming into the squad, like it's up to him to to remove that older player that's there. And obviously, uh, you know, it's very hard to break into a season uh, season team like that. So look, I know, I know you're saying it's kind of the old Mayo team, but they definitely, in terms of their game management and in terms of their just their smarts on the field, I think they have improved definitely, definitely in the last couple of years. Now, is it enough to beat Dublin? I don't know. So hopefully on Sunday they'll 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 do the job. 
I saw um, a column that Liam McHale did on the AIBGA site, and he's talking about when he was the selector with Roscommon this year and they played them in the replay and they got absolutely wiped off the floor. And it was about how you have to prepare for Mayo being in your face and that in a Roscommon mm. training session, it's very hard to prepare for that because your B team is obviously not going to be up to the level of yeah. Mayo. But yeah. like maybe Dublin have the only B, uh, B team in training in Ireland where they could actually have oh. that intensity to prepare for Mayo because they haven't really been tested so far. Is that fair, Enda? Uh, that's probably fair. Yeah. Well, look, it's it's... Yeah, it's probably a fair statement. Um, you know, Dublin do have a very strong second second string team, um, but again, it's uh, you know Mayo do have four or five players that can can, can come off the bench and and make a difference. So look, you can only use twenty one twenty twenty is it six subs now six subs yeah uh, twenty twenty one players now. So look, I still think Mayo's uh, squad you know from from one to twenty one is still still as definitely as strong as Dublin. Hopefully, really. Oh well, yeah, I wouldn't. Well, Ooh. look, Jesus, that's uh, very harsh. <laughs> it is very harsh. Yeah, no, but, like I still look at Stephen Cohen. I, the, the guys there that I've mentioned, like I think yeah. they're they're good lads to bring off the bench. I know. Look at the Dublin players are seasoned. The likes of Kevin Mack, Jeremy, if if he starts or not, Paul Finn. Like, but I still think that Mayo aren't aren't far off them. If you were offered, if Mayo manager Stephen Rochford was offered the opportunity to switch benches, and uh, do you think he'd stick with Mayo? Uh, he's a male man. Answer honestly. You're really, you're really going through me here, aren't you? Okay, well, look, that, putting that question to you is probably a little unfair. Mossy, would Stephen Rochford switch benches if he was given the opportunity? Yeah, look, a manager's got to be ruthless and has got to do what's best for the team. And, and I don't think, I, I, I don't doubt the quality that Mayo potentially have, but there's no doubt Dublin have more proven match winners on their bench. So it's just. I suppose that's now look. There's obviously an opportunity on the flip side of that for someone from Mayo to come on and change that perception or change that reality even on Sunday. So, um, but yeah, like in theory, you, like you can list off any amount of the Dublin subs and even get the guys who aren't going to get game time. Like there's going to be two or three guys who won't even play in Dublin's 21. Who you could argue would probably make get into most counties top 15. Certainly, never mind their top 21. So yeah, I, I think it's, it's Dublin definitely have the more strength and depth there. And a couple of those guys, they didn't get any game time against Tyrone in the All Ireland semi final. You could say three didn't if you include Dermot Connolly, who just got a handful of minutes. And I don't think I think he did get one touch on the ball. Was was Jim Gavin trying to make a point to Michael Darmacauley, Bernard Brogan, Dermot Connolly, Mossy, in that he really wanted them to be so angry and so on edge in the build-up to the game and attacking the A-team, if that was how they set up in these infamous A versus B games, that he is now in a position where he knows if he starts them, they are going to just be absolutely biting away, trying to make an impact and make a real impression. You've got to imagine it definitely played a factor in it. I don't know that the the three of them are motivated by anger or motivated by, you know, as in every player is a different individual motivation for being there. Like, no one Dermot's personality in particular, I don't know that that's something he'd he'll respond any different to, like, I think he likes being challenged in different ways, so, um, but yeah, like, uh, to be honest, you would have loved, I would have paid money to go and watch the, the, the main Dublin A versus B game there last weekend, because when you talk, Tommy, about the intensity between, between, you know, someone being able to replicate, Roscommon couldn't do it, I'd say that A versus B match last week was, was incredibly good to watch, and you, I'd say some of the physicality and some of the battles in it would have been, would have been brilliant, so look, Jim knows, he's got, he's got these guys on the bench, but he's not, he doesn't give runs out of sentiment. He doesn't bring guys on for any other reason than they're going to improve the team performance. And he obviously felt the last day that Onogar and Kev Mack had more to offer than what Michael Dara or Burner did and could be the opposite this weekend. 
from what you hear, Mossy, and I'm, I'm, I'm thinking if I read Jackie Terrell's book in the last week, and the way he talks about the guys on the uh, in the B bibs when Kilkenny were playing training matches and they build up to big games, there was just no quarter asked given. These guys were trying to embarrass their opposite number as much as they possibly could. How much credence to these matches is given by Jim Gavin in comparison to how much he would base his team selection on how well somebody played in the last championship match? the defining factor and how the selected are like obviously what you've done in previous championship games will, will stand here but I would imagine I, that was again from talking to guys after the semi-final not fully shown serious form in the in the lead up to that game like no I didn't play a minute in the quarter final I don't know if he even played a minute in the Leinster final but he certainly didn't play at all in the quarter final against Monaghan and all of a sudden he's parachuted in to start now you could argue the style of play and the system against Tyrone sued him but he was obviously showing that form and the fact that Jim's willing to do that then makes every player sit up and realise and say, well, hang on, if he's already done it a couple of times, then I'm no different. So that gives, that gives training an And uh, another easy one for you here. Um, so Aidan O'Shea in the semi-final, he was played at full-back. It, it really didn't seem to work the first day. Second day, Kerry played a sweeper, so Mayo were allowed to have somebody in front of Kieran Donaghy, and it worked out for Aidan O'Shea. But I'm trying to think... What position can he be most effective against Dublin? Because it hasn't worked against him in the championship in the last couple of years. Now, I know in, in one of the drawn games last year, he set up some late scores, which were really important. But it's really hard to nail down exactly what position would work best for him. Where would you play him? I would play him um, as a third midfielder, to be honest. His, he plays at six for most of the time with Brafey, his club at home. Um, I think when Aidan can scan the field... Uh, he's he, he's better. He's, you know his biggest strength is obviously his skill set and, and his running ability. Um, I I think he's better kind of coming coming onto the ball instead of his back to goal. Now, in saying that too, they will try him in full forward for ten minutes here and there. I think uh, that will definitely be be happening to to ask Dublin Dublin different questions because um, you know when he's in there he, he creates a bit of chaos. Uh, you know if when he when he lets the ball go quick if, with lads coming off him, but definitely. I I think he'd be playing as a third midfielder most most for most of that game, uh, switching in and out maybe. Mm-hmm. But uh, when he's out there, you saw him against Terry. You saw him against the, the earlier to earlier games. When when he's out there, he can he can cause cause havoc as well. Yeah, and and Mossy, I think we saw Philly McMahon come up come out around midfield playmaking at times against Tyrone. Do you think, given his experience with Aidan O'Shea before and the fact that he's such a physically strong player, that no matter where Aidan O'Shea goes, there's a good chance Jim Gavin will send him after him? I don't know that they'll send him to that extent that if he's playing around the middle, I don't think you'll see Philly fully out around the middle. I think once he comes in past the 45 into that kind of anywhere in around the D where the potential is for a goal scoring threat, I think Philly will probably go man-to-man on him. But um, Philly was pushed first forward against Tyrone purely because Tyrone had withdrawn everybody and it gave Philly enough freedom to, to move up. But Philly's been slightly more reserved this year than he has in the last, the last couple of years. He's not getting forward as much. Now, again... That's not to say he won't go once or twice, but in previous years he's been going a lot more. So I'd expect him to play a similar role. Once Aiden comes inside the 45, he'll take responsibility, but further out the pitch, I would say it'll be one of the one of the halfbacks or one of the midfielders to pick him up. Last couple of questions, lads. Shane wants to uh, go through the kick-out conundrum that's facing both managers. But Endo, when we're looking at matchups, are Mayo going to play with six forwards and therefore... Do they have no. an intention? So what happens to Keen O'Sullivan? Do they try and occupy him as best they can? Uh, they will, you'll see. You'll probably see Jason Dock coming out as the kind of link man. I would presume. Yeah, they'll probably play with. They'll play with definitely 
definitely three forwards in Jason Dock, Killian and Andy, and Aido will be switching in and out. And you'll probably you'll have Jeremy and Ken McGlock doing their their usual Trojan work um, up and down. Um, yeah, no, they'll definitely play with three all the time, if not four. And you know the lads will be joining them from there. The, the halfbacks, the, that's their kind of launch pad, and they'll be you know they'll be launching attacks from there. So to borrow a sort of a, a soccer parlance, would it be like a false fourteen from Jason Darty in between, where centre forward and full forward would be? Do you well, see like yeah, yeah, against Kerry, like as as Marty said, he's he's playing probably the football of his life. He's playing yeah. the football of his life because he's he's providing that role. It's a very hard role to fulfil where where the the half backs and midfields are looking, and it's just that transition the ball from defence into attack. And Jason has been key to that this year, and that's why Andy's playing the football of his life because. Uh, against Kerry, they, they, it was kind of one-touch football. They got the ball, and and you know he doesn't have to do the three and four runs. It's it's straight out basically against that thirty-yard ball into a full forward line, which is kind of it's it's the full forward line's dream to be honest. Mm. And, and if Connolly starts, Mossy, do Mayo put Keegan on him again so we get to see how this unfolds all over again, or are they thinking that maybe Keegan is is far better suited to snuffing out one of Kieran Kilkenny or Conor Callaghan? I would expect them to put them on Dermot again. Personally, as a as a fan, hoping to be entertained on Sunday, I hope they do. I think they're pound for pound the two best footballers in the country, and the longer we get to see them go head to head, I think I think it's brilliant. And um, I, I don't know that Dermot will start. I kind of get the impression that I would say he'd be probably held in reserve, but I would I'd be surprised if Lee didn't pick him up when he's on the pitch. Yeah, Eamon, Eamon Donoghue did a very interesting uh, stats piece today about Cluxton in the Irish Times and it was uh, so far this year Cluxton has uh, been successful with 83 of 96 kickouts and uh, he spoke about how in the last couple of years in the 2015 semi-final that Dublin had lost 3 of 4 kickouts at one stage and conceded 1-2 to Mayo then last year they lost 4 of 5 at one stage around half time and conceded 2-2 in 10 minutes uh, against Tyrone 9 of his kickouts were taken in under 10 seconds like, if you're a Mayo forward, are you going to go in and try and kick the ball away on him? Are you going to try and spoil him? Remember he kicked out at, was it Kevin McLaughlin a few Ty- years ago and got sent did Tyrone, off? Did Tyrone not let them have the kick out, no? They did, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, do you look for a completely different tactic altogether and go in oh. on top of him, kick the ball away on him, stand in front of him? Yeah, no, Mayo, no, they all won't concede the kick out, I can guarantee you that. Mm. When, whenever, whenever it's possible, if there's a break in play or... Whatever it is, Mayo will be as much as possible pushing up on on Cluxton's kick out. Now, if they can stop him, that would be another question. But they they definitely won't concede the kick out. Would you Would you go with the dark arts and go in and try and niggle at him, pull his tail a little bit, kick the ball away? Um, like, is it worth a yellow card or two to try and slow him down a couple of times because so many scores come from his quick, accurate kickouts? Yeah. Well, look, of course. <laughs> Maybe look, they'll do. I don't think they'll go to that extreme. Maybe if it's, uh, you know, if it's on, um, maybe. But no, they, they'll try and they'll try and push up the best they can. Um, I can't look. They'll try and get an edge, whatever way they can. And um, you know, if they see see if there's a chance of doing that, they might. But I'm not too sure. Massey, do you think they should? Um, I don't know. You've only like to be honest, Tommy. Mean, the, the way it'll be refereed, like the way like with umpires and that type of stuff, you might get away with that once or twice again. Once or twice a game, and okay, you yeah. could say right, we're willing to give up three yellow cards if we kick a ball off a tee or kick a tee away or run across them. But I, I would say that would, have, in my opinion, probably have minimal impact. Um, but yeah, it, it might be worth doing it, even just to throw it in, just to see. But again, I think at this stage, um, I say Stephen's probably half expecting and half prepared. Yeah, you might annoy him if he doesn't get it off. 
I think for uh, as an overall game plan, Mayor obviously going to have to spend a lot more time working out on, on if he does get it off under 10 seconds, I don't know that it's realistic to shut that down. So it's a case of then what's the plan after that and, and, and like that's what they're going to have to look at. Okay, brilliant stuff, lads. Listen, I won't ask you for a prediction, as I often say, because I think it's fairly obvious which way you guys are, are going to go. Maybe the draw might be might be something worth having a look at. I think it's having around 9-1 to one at the moment. End of Ireland, Mossy Quinn. Thanks so much, lads. Cheers, lads. Thanks, Thanks lads. Thanks, Dave. Right, Mossy Quinn and End of Ireland, they're giving us their thoughts on where they think Sam Maguire is going to end up on Sunday night. Final thoughts, Shane. Who's going to win this game and why? What are you most looking forward to? I really want to see where, who's positioned where, and like because you could probably name thirteen or fourteen of the Mayo team, whereas with Dublin, you could maybe name like name with certainty maybe ten guys. So it's it's really? very much, an, yeah. Do you well, think from you Mayo could, point of view, it's just a question of whether or not Paddy Durkin starts. Yeah. So and that's pretty much the only conundrum as to who might drop out if he comes in. But from a Dublin you, point of view, I mean, I'd be surprised if there was more than two changes from the starting fifteen for the final. Maybe. Scully might lose out to either Eric Lowndes or Dear McConnelly. Maybe Paul Flynn will play. At the expense of Paddy Andrews? But sure, this is it. Like, you but don't that, that would be it, I would have thought. Yeah, I, I don't know if you can say for any certainty. Who knows? Like, because likes of Michael Darren McCauley has a really good history in his games against uh, Mayo. I'm not saying he should play. It's just I don't think you can say with any certainty exactly what the team's going to be. I'd be say. amazed if there was more than one. Mm. I think Connolly will start. Do you think so? Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, I just think... I think he should, but I couldn't see it. Yeah, well, maybe I'm saying because I think he should. Yeah. But uh, I thought he should start the semi-final and he only got a few minutes. Flynn, I just think, is such an incredible option off the bench. And if he's left out again, he's going to be so disappointed that when he does come in, he'll want to ram it down Jim Gavin's throat, which is probably exactly what Jim Gavin is looking for. I'd say that is regularly the inspiration for players, to ram it down the manager's yeah. throat. But it's like it's interesting you're talking about... Um, you, you want to see Connolly playing. Like, I think so many people are, and I've seen a few pundits kind of uh, go for Mayo because they want them to win. And um, I think if you're not from Dublin, you want to see Mayo win. Yeah. Unless you're one of the people like Owen Shane, who we, we've had on the last few weeks, he's from Kerry and he wants to see both teams lose if possible. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'd like to see Mayo win. Um, but Dublin are going to win based on everything that's logical because they just have so many options, so many scorers. Dublin could play poorly and still win like they have in the As previous they did last year, yeah. And even 2013, you could say, they scraped through somehow, even though Ono Gara was limping around. Whereas Mayo are playing well in finals, albeit that poor start against Donegal. But they don't give up, at least. That, that is the thing. They probably yeah, well, will Dublin are going to have to earn this one if they're going to win it. They won't be strolling through this game. Mm. I would oh. go, <coughs> I'm going for Dublin purely because I just think their overall match day squad will have it enough in them to win the game. Yeah. And I think Dublin will play better in this year's final than they did last year's finals. And I fully expect a, a consistent level of performance from Mayo as well. So it's going to be tight, but I'll just go with Dublin, give them the nod. But uh, either way, it's going to be pretty spectacular. Yeah. I wonder actually, you know the way Lee Keegan, ever since he got the um, uh, foot infection before the the, the Ross the Common, Common game. first game, yeah. yeah the far, like, he he hasn't been flying it since. I think he's missed something like six or seven scoring chances in the meantime. His kicking hasn't been quite right, but he's had three full weeks to recover now. I wonder, will he have a day of days? And maybe the black cards will will hit key Dublin players? Well, he's had it's, days of days in All-Ireland Finals before yeah. and they still haven't got it done, but I see, where, I see what you mean. Yeah, but Dublin, yeah, it has to be Dublin. OK, well, look, we'll be back next week to sift through the embers of the All-Ireland Final or mm. potentially be uh, previewing an All-Ireland Football Final replay. Wouldn't that be lovely? All right, well, that's the thoughts of Shane. Um, wherever you're 
watching the final on Sunday. Enjoy it. We'll have Anthony Moyles and Joe Malloy there for Off the Ball over the course of the afternoon. All of our GA and Off the Ball is with thanks to Borgosh Energy, proud sponsors of the All Ireland Under 21 Hurling Championship. For more, follow hashtag Hurling to the Core. We'll chat to you next week. Goal on here, goal chance for Conor McGrath. Ernie, surely give it in, Conor. What a goal! Mackie heading it towards the 21 metre line. Team Mackie still going. Goal is up for Cats! Oh, what a goal! I can't think of a better position or a better place to be in right now, anywhere in the world. It's time to take Sam to throne! If you look back in sporting history, you'll see that the whingers and the whiners are forgotten. The characters remembered briefly. Will stick in your mind at the championship show car. I want nothing to do with that, to be quite honest. You know, I think it's a disgrace. Been a small change before the game, worth the street. <laughs> Been a look, said oh, Donovan. Donovan it's had a ben. wild effort on goal. It's on the score! It's on the score! Equalizer! See you on the coppers! It might sound a little something, but damn the game, if it don't mean nothing, what is game? Who got game? Where's the game in life? Behind the game, behind the game. I got game, she got game, we got game, they got game, he got game. It might feel good, it might sound a little something, but the game, if it ain't saying nothing. Yeah, was it something I said? Pretend you don't see, so you turn your head. Race scared of his shadow, does it matter? Thought of reparations, got a plane with the population. Nothing to lose, everything to prove. People use, even murders excuse. White men in suits don't have to jump. Still a thousand and one ways to lose with the shoes. God takes care of old folks and fools. While the devil takes care of making all the rules. Folks don't even own themselves. Paying mental rent, the corporate presidents. Uh, one out of one million residents. Be a dissident who ain't kissing it. The politics of chains and whips. Got the sick missing chips and all the championships. What's love got to do with what you got? Don't let a win get to your head or a loss to your heart. Nonsense perseveres, prayers lips with fear. Beware, two triple always It might feel good, it might sound a little something. But damn the game, if it don't mean nothing. What is game? Who got game? Where's the game in life? Behind the game, behind the game. I got game, she got game, we got game, they got game, he got game. It might feel good, it might sound a little something. Oh, the game, if it ain't saying nothing. Something happening here What it is ain't exactly clear There's a man with a gun over there Yeah, that's right <laughs> Telling me I've got to be aware Each time we stop children, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down that that millennium just be killing them. That's scary, like lies buried in a library. When did the state pen correct anything? When piles of us still be catching the bus. With stacks of cats packing laundry mats. Pay the preachers back, but where the teachers at? I ain't even gotta ask it. Now who's underpaid that got fouled at the basket? I can't blame the India who be getting all the Benjis and taking them grants for granted. Last I checked, pyramids wasn't built like projects on them government checks. <laughs> Modern day thugs ain't got no guts. Hard the expression under governor nuts. Last time in the church be the last time in the church. Dead pledge allegiance to CDs and movies. Leaving reality, believing fantasy. Leaving fatalities, too many formalities. Translates with fear, beware. Two triple zero is here. It might feel good, it might sound a little something. But damn.
in the game If it don't mean nothing What is game? Who got game? Where's the game in life? Behind the game, behind the game I got game, she got game We got game, they got game He got game, it might feel good It might sound a little something A 